0: Have you been trying to achieve something, and you've tried and tried and tried, but you just can't seem to get to where you want to go? Well, my friend, it may not be your fault. You may unknowingly be addicted to failure. I know, crazy, right? Great news is, in this episode, you're going to hear all the signs of, are you addicted to failure? But more importantly, you're going to learn how to change that around and be addicted to success. Tune in, my friend. Hello, my friend. My name is Samantha Gamble, founder of the SPSP community, and I am obsessed with helping single parents build the successful home business they want so they can live the life they truly deserve. I'm a single mom of two amazing daughters and three dogs who was able to create financial and time freedom all while working from home. And I have taught thousands of people around the world just like you how to do the exact same thing. I'll teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career that you will absolutely love, all while being able to be a present parent. We will talk about it all here, my friends. Nothing will be off limits. Think of this as your single parent happy hour with like-minded friends mixed with entrepreneurial school. So get ready to be challenged, empowered, and encouraged all while you learn. This is the Single Parent Superpower Podcast. Well, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me here on episode 11. And the title is, Can You Be Addicted to Failure and Not Even Know It? Well, my friend, I am here to say yes, you absolutely can. And I know this because I was. You know, I've been super fortunate and I've been able to have tremendous amount of success in different areas of my life, whether from family, career, career, you name it. But there was always a ceiling. So it was as though my success could only go so far. And I never quite understood why that was. And it was almost as though I was self-sabotaging in a way to kind of bring myself back to a level that I was comfortable with. And Tony Robbins talks about this. He talks about the the 68 degree -er. You know, if any colder than that, you're not comfortable. Any warmer than that, you're not comfortable. And so you have to work on yourself to grow out of your comfort. And anyway, I didn't even know I was doing this until I went through this training. And we're going to go through the 10 signs that will show you if you are, in fact, addicted to failure or not. And if this is you, like it was me, great news. You can completely fix it and change it and then the sky will become the limit. You won't have a ceiling in any area of your life like I do today. But this has taken, you know, I I had this training about five and a half, six years ago and the light bulb clicked and I was able to go ahead and turn my life around and break through that ceiling. But you have to acknowledge that this in fact is you. And so as we go through these 10 signs of possible addiction to failure, then you can go ahead and fix those because now you know, and you will see a huge, huge difference. But in starting out here, there are two types of people that I want to talk to you about. The first type of person is You know, let's go. Uh, Don't let the grass grow under your feet. Early bird catches the worm. You've got this. It's not a problem. It's a challenge. Bigger the challenge, bigger the paycheck. You know, that type of person, right? That it's very rare that that person is down, feels defeated. That person doesn't ever really feel that because. They end up always finding a workaround, finding a solution. I'll figure it out. They get it done. For this type of person, life happens for this person. Now, the second type of person may want the same things as that first person, but they're more of a sit back, let's see what happens. I want to have success if only I had more contacts or if only I knew how to do social media marketing, if I had more time, if I knew how to sell, if I had the new iPhone with the fancy camera, you know, that type of a person. And that type of person tends to find an excuse not to do something very, very easily. And by the way, you don't ever need a bunch of excuses not to do something. It only takes one excuse. It doesn't even have to be a good excuse, to be honest. But life happens to this person. See the difference? One is life happens for them. The other is life happens to them. So usually in a person who is addicted to failure, they're usually more of a number two person. Life happens to this type of person. Uh, I was kind of a combo of one and two, to be honest. But now I'm definitely... 100% 100% number one person. So, you know, many people are addicted to failure, even if they really, really, you know, dream of being successful. You know, most people don't even know that they're addicted to failure. And, you know, I didn't, you know, and the truth is that most of us actually are. But the great news is that this is an addiction that can be completely overcome and changed. And you can actually be addicted to success versus addicted to failure. So there are 10 signs that will show you if you are addicted to failure and how to correct each and every single one. You know, losing is a habit, but the great news is so is winning. All right, let's get started. Now, number one, people who are addicted to failure are usually addicted to the approval of Others, right, or snoipes is what it's called. Susceptible to the negative influences of other people. You know, and this was me, a hundred percent. Like, hi, I'm Sam. I'm a people pleaser. You know, now it's hi, I'm Sam. I'm a former people pleaser. I haven't pleased people for five and a half years, <laughs> right? But that's a hard one to stop. I'm not going to lie. This was probably one of the hardest ones because you know we often approach other people that are in our circle. We ask for advice or their opinions and because we want their acceptance. We want them to come back and say, yes, I think that uh, that is just an absolute magnificent idea. I totally think you should go for that network marketing company, build that business. You're going to have so much success. That's so awesome. Chances are, unfortunately, we usually get a heavy dose of negativity and a list of reasons why it wouldn't work, or you know why it or you know, whatever it is, why it isn't right, why it isn't good, et cetera. We have to remember that when we listen and take advice from other people, we're buying their lifestyle, essentially. And this and I don't mean to make this just all about business. This goes for any area of your life. It's if you are dating somebody new, you wouldn't approach a friend who, let's say, who's been you know divorced four times, single, always speaks negatively about the opposite sex, et cetera. You wouldn't go to them. Chances are for relationship advice or say, hey, how do you? You know, what do you think of my new boyfriend? You're not going to get a positive response right does that make sense so you have to be very careful with who you seek advice and opinions of so it's very important that you only seek advice or opinions of the people whose lifestyle you would like you no know, it' does, and again it doesn't have to be about money I'm talking about you know what is maybe it's their spiritual life that you would like to have, or their family life, or their philanthropic life, whatever it is. So look at that and take that into consideration. You know, successful people gather enough information to make a decision, and then they make that decision and they stick to it. You know, leaders make decisions. A wrong decision is better than indecision. One hundred. Percent of the time, they don't go around people. People, people get advice and opinions, and advice and opinions, and they certainly don't get advice and opinions from people's who from people, from people's lifestyles that they don't want as their own. Okay, so keep that in mind. Number two, here's a big one entertaining yourself versus educating yourself. My friend, there is no CV in TV. That's right, commission volume. There is no commission volume in TV. Now, I'd venture to say that every single person who is not living up to their potential, so let's call someone who's not living up to their potential unsuccessful, right? Every single one of those types of people, myself included, choose temporary pleasure over long-term happiness. This is so easy to do in today's world. I mean, when I lived in England, I had four TV chat. We had three TV channels. Then it increased to four. It was like, woo, yay. (laughs) But then we moved to California and we had 32. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, now, holy smokes, you can watch whatever you want, whenever you want, 24-7. Not to mention the endless scrolling on social media that just sucks up more time than anyone would ever want to admit out loud, right? But unsuccessful people spend time versus successful people invest time. So instead of being addicted to failure, we can get addicted to growing and educating ourselves. Now, I'm a huge huge advocate for personal development but there's a huge difference between personal development and personal development education so it's great to incorporate personal development every day whether you read it listen it listen to it watch it you can then you know metabolize that information and parrot it essentially you can repeat it you can recite it nothing wrong with that But if you truly want to have success and you truly want to maximize this life that we are so blessed to have, then personal development education is where it's at, right? This is where you read, listen, watch, however it is that you gain your knowledge, you gain that personal development, but then you implement it, you do it. And if you want to take it one step further, you teach it. So it kind of like this training here I learned this 6 years ago 5 6 years ago now I'm teaching it because it had such a powerful impact on my life so why should I just keep it to myself it's it's my duty to pass this information along so personal development personal development personal development education so you actually you know implement what it is that you have learned you do it, and then take it one step further, you teach it. And by teaching it, my friend, it becomes ingrained in you. It becomes second nature. And you know, plus, you're benefiting everyone else around you. It's a win-win. All right, so number three, blaming other people and things for your circumstances. Now, here's a fun fact. Our successes, as well as our failures, they have one common denominator. Yeah, it's us. We're the one at the successes. We're the one at the failures. It's us. The surrounding elements of the successes or the failures, those always vary, but the common denominator is always us. I know. It's a sucky thing to think about, but it's so true. Right, and unsuccessful people look for excuses as to why something isn't working, you know, why something isn't going as planned. And like I said before, any old excuse will do. You know, my upline never returned my message. That's why I'm not successful. Or, you know, I don't like to use Facebook, so I'm not going to ATM. Or, you know, the holidays are coming up. So it's now's not a good time, or we're in a recession, right? You get the picture, any excuse will work. Successful people or leaders look for solutions. You know, how can I solve this? So your your upline's not returning your message. How can you solve this? Who else can you go to? Who else can you talk to? You know, how can I win anyway? They have that climb the mountain mentality, right? You can imagine it. You're sitting at the base of Mount Everest and at the top of that mountain is your ultimate lifestyle that you've always dreamed of. You just have to climb that mountain and it's yours. Everything you've ever dreamt of and ever wanted in your life is yours at that top of the mountain, but you just have to climb the mountain. So by God, you are going to make it. Somehow, some way, you are are going to do it. You might get cut, bruised, scraped up, You might cry along the way, but dang it, you are making it to the top of that mountain with or without any of your naysayers around you. That is how successful people and leaders think. They're doing it with or without you. They're going for it. Now, number four, people who are addicted to failure are afraid of making mistakes. This one is you know, really speaks to the inaction because most people who are addicted to failure, they are also addicted to inaction because they're afraid that they're going to do it wrong. They're afraid they're going to look silly or people will laugh at them or people will judge them. This is, this is the ego, right? This is the ego that gets in our way. And my friend, John Melton says, you know, your ego is not your amigo. <laughs> and it's so true. But successful people do it anyway. You know, sometimes you just have to get out and do something. It might not pretty it might not be pretty, it might not turn out, it might not be anywhere near you know how you wanted it to turn out, but you just do it. The more you take that uncomfortable action, the more comfortable it becomes, and then the better you get at it. It's kind of like. we were born, right? We we weren't born walking. We weren't born talking. We weren't born tying our shoes. We weren't born driving a car, but we took constant and consistent action until we mastered those skills, right? Now we can walk, we can talk, we can tie our shoes. Some of us can drive. And if you've been on the roads here in California, my friend, there are some people who can't. (laughs) But anyway, that's entirely different. But you get my drift, right? It's you you keep doing those uncomfortable actions like you know obviously we don't remember learning how to walk but if you have children you watch them learn how to walk and they pull themselves up and you think, oh gosh, please don't fall and smack your head on that table you're pulling yourself up from. But they do. They fall and they hit themselves. They fall on their bum over and over and over again, but they keep getting up and then they take they stand up and then they might take one step and they fall down and they stand up and they take two steps and fall down. But they don't just quit They don't say, oh, this is too uncomfortable. I'm tired of falling down. Forget it. I'm just not going to be a walker, I suppose. No, we kept getting up and up and up. Why? Because we wanted to walk. We wanted that so badly. So you need to attack life in that way. We might fall down. We might get bruised. We might get banged up. People might laugh at us when we fall down. That is okay. No lives are lost. Okay, we get up. We dust ourselves off and we go at it again. And then next thing you know, you're running. So number five, we stay in relationships that are not working. Who's guilty of this? I am. If you could see me, I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> this was me to the T. Why? Because I, didn't, I don't ever want to hurt anyone's feeling right? So I stay in relationships that weren't working for me because I didn't want to hurt the other person's feelings. And that goes back to being the people pleaser we first talked about. So anyway, Jim Rohn, late, great Jim Rohn, amazing gentleman, super wise. He says that we're an average of the five people we surround ourselves with the most, Right, and there's many other great leaders who have said this, you know, same thing, very similar thing. So we must choose wisely. You usually uh, people who are addicted to failure tend to also be addicted to drama, gossip, negativity. You know, so therefore, those are the people that they attract into their life. You you kind of get more of what you are, and you know that tends to happen if you if you kind of look around your circle. If this is pertaining to you you can look around and say oh, okay and you'll be able to see it and you'll be able to recognize it and we'll address that in just a second you know successful people usually surround themselves with relationships that are meaningful and healthy and positive you know people also want to live their best life you know they they kind of strengthen and challenge each other and they make the people around them better so therefore they attract that same type of person, that that same caliber uh, of people, right? And again, this is not all about money, you guys. So you you could be a billionaire and have a friend who has, you know, a couple hundred, but you know, a couple hundred bucks in, in the bank. That's totally fine. But you you might be attracted to them because maybe their family life is amazing or their philanthropic work is amazing or their spiritual life is something that you would love to have. Okay, so, it's not all about a huge bank account. It's not all about success in the business. Quick interruption here of this week's episode just to invite you to join our SPSP community. It's a community of like-minded people where we encourage each other, empower each other, support each other, and you're never, ever alone in our SPSP community. Go check it out. There's a free gift waiting for you there too, by the way, www.spspcommunity.com. Now on with the show. World. Number six, and this kind of all ties in together, but... People who are addicted to failure are also addicted to drama. So, this is similar to number five, but it's important to recognize if this is a trait that you currently have. And if you do, you need to address it. You know, I mean, your life is not a reality show. We are not all keeping up with the Kardashians, you guys. Okay. You know, they live up the street here. And trust me, we are not them. So, so talking badly about other people or arguing and not having harmony in uh, in relationships that you currently have, that will not get you to where you want to go in life, right? It will not help you live your best life. You need to learn how to cultivate healthy relationships and stop yourself when you're about to say something you can't take back, right? And we've all done this. You know, I I I laugh sometimes that oops, that just fell out of my mouth. Right? Did it really? No, I could have stopped myself. But if you really think about what it is you're about to say and run through a quick process of, okay, this, this person that I'm about to say this to, will they benefit from hearing this? Will I benefit by saying this? Chances are the answer is no. So then just bite your tongue and don't say it, and you'll quickly get over that habit. And it's quite refreshing, actually, when you do. So number seven, you're spending your time with people who are going nowhere. Remember, iron sharpens iron. And so five, six, and seven all kind of tie in together, right? So who are your five closest friends? Who are the five people you spend the most amount of time with. I mean you may very well have to limit your time with them and surround yourself with others that have the lifestyle that you want. Right? So you know think of your if you're an average of the five people you surround yourself with look at those people and if they have the lifestyle that you know you would love to aspire to then fantastic. If they don't this doesn't mean you have to cut them out but you may just have to limit your time with them and limit your exposure to them you know, look at how they live their life you know how's their family life how's their mindset are they a positive or a negative person you know do they constantly go to the negative you know say you're building your network marketing business and you're growing and your goal is to hit a certain rank and that certain rank comes with a big bonus. And you and you say, oh my gosh, Sally, I am going to hit that bonus. It's going to be amazing. And Sally says, well, you know, you're going to have to pay a lot of taxes on that bonus, right? <laughs> or gosh, you know, one day I'm going to buy that house. And that house is a you know massive house and says $4 million. And Sally says, well, the property taxes on that house are going to be huge. You see what I'm saying? There's always something negative that they're saying. You need to limit your exposure to that person, even though you may not agree with what they say and you may not say those types of things, it does absorb subconsciously. And actually, if you go back and listen to episode number nine about affirmations, you'll hear all about mindset. It's a great, great episode. Highly recommend it. I Maybe mean, you are they constantly speaking poorly about others? You know, are they gossipy? That's something you need to limit severely out of your life. So, I found the best way to filter these types of relationships because sometimes it's hard. Because some of these people, let's be honest, some of them we've been friends with probably since grade school, right? Some of them, I mean, decades. And so, it's hard to limit your friends that you've known forever and ever. But the great is a great tool on how to do that and kind of push yourself to get the job done so to speak and that is to think of it this way this person that is one of your five okay if my child if you don't have a child if it's your niece or nephew or you know a child that you certainly love and care about if your child was hanging out with that person would you want them to spend time with that person and emulate them? And if the answer is no, you know, again, that doesn't mean you have to cut all ties with that person, but it does mean you need to limit the amount of time that you are around them. So using your child as a gauge, and by the way, that goes great for dating. If you're dating someone and you think, gosh, you know, would I want my child to be dating a person like this? If the answer is no, then it should be no for you too. That's a little. That's a little side pro tip, (laughs) you know. So let me continue on here. You you only have to do this this step if you really want to live your best life. You know, you're here, so I'm assuming that that is what you want. You do want your best life. My uncle he always says life is not a dress rehearsal, right? So we have to make this one count. So now here's one thing that I want to address too. Now, th- this one might be a little more tricky and a little more touchy, and this one's going to require you to, to take action. So, in all of these do, but this one in particular is going to take action that you might not be super comfortable with, but let's go. Number eight, you're careless with money. Now, I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard it recently and it and whoever said it, it said unsuccessful people, if they get $1000, they'll go buy a new iPhone. Successful minded people, they get $1000 and they put it to work for them, find out how they can make that $1000 turn into $2000. Right? Those different mindsets. So you know, this is a very common trait of people who are addicted to failure. So when there is like the slightest bit of money success, we have to spend it. I was the same way. And and by the way, there's no such thing as, as extra money, especially a single parent. There's, there's nothing extra about money. We either have it or we don't. Right? But subconsciously, we spend that overage of money or more money than we're accustomed to, you know. We spend it because that's what we're used to, right? We're we're used to a certain level, like I talked about before. You know, we're we're comfortable with being where where we were. Does that make sense? Where that that sixty eight degrees? Don't want to go up. Don't want to go down. We're comfortable at this median range. But it's also because people who are addicted to failure, we want that instant gratification. Kind of ties back into the educate versus entertain. Right. We like that instant gratification. We can't wait for that new phone. We can't wait for that whatever it is. So therefore we stay broke and not living our best life. So if this is you as it, as it was me, then you have to revisit your money philosophy. Look at money differently. It's not just something to spend, right? It's not just something to, to, that you can use to go get things. It's something that you can actually have work for you to make you more money right? So if you think of it as a tool, as a business tool to make you more and more money, that helps as well. And it will help limit your actual um, spontaneous spending. You'll know, put your money to work for you. Even if you'd set just a little bit aside every week for investing, that's a great start. Set up a, a, a automatic deduction out of your account. And you know if it's not automatically deducted, then we'll spend it, right? If there's an extra 20 bucks in there, it's going to get spent. So, but if it's automatically deducted, we're not going to miss that $20. But like when I started this, I was so clueless. I was clueless about investing and all the other stuff. And so I found an app years and years ago, it was called Albert. And I know it's still out there because they still have money sitting there with them, but it's a great Way to start if you're a beginner at this, because they tie into your bank account and they pull out whatever amount of money you tell them to pull out every single week or every single month. And it kind of forces you into that habit. And so it's a really great place to start. It's called Albert. Check it out. Anyway, so with this, you need to get rid of your failure money vocabulary. And what I mean by that is instead of saying, I can't afford it, say, it's not the right time yet. Instead of saying it's, that's too expensive, say, I'll do it when I, da, da, da. And please, 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 please do not fake it until you make it. That was So 80s and 90s, my friends, right? Stay in your lane and do things when you can, right? And if there's something that you really want, let's say you really want to take your family on a vacation, then set up an automatic withdrawal that goes directly into a fun fund, right? A separate savings account just for these extra items that you want to do, right? And just a little bit every week, every month, you will be so surprised at how quickly your fun fund or any fund will actually grow. Number nine, we're almost there, you guys. Two more. You have dreams, but no set goals. Now I'm a huge believer in dreams. You know, dreams are amazing. I love it, but dreams, as nice as they are, they can make us lazy. Dreams are super easy to have, but they make us lazy. You know, many of us have that, that dream home or the dream vacation or even the you know, dream body that that we want, right? And that's all great, but how do we turn that dream into a reality? It's not enough to just dream. We have to have goals or or checkpoints, if you will, that go with those dreams. So as an example, let's say my daughter lives in New York, I live in California, and I decide... I'm going to, I have this dream of driving across country from California to New York. I wouldn't just go into my car and start driving away because I have this dream of driving to New York. Of course not. Who in the heck knows where I would end up, right? I don't even want to know where I would end up, right? You would, but you know, I would map it out. And I would look and I would identify, you know, I'd pull it up on my maps and I would identify stopping points where I want to stop and spend the night and, you know, where you know, at each stop. And then I would... And probably service my car. I'd make sure that it has gas in it. Uh, I would pack everything I needed for the trip, especially snacks. <laughs> and then when it was time to go, I would enter in my first stop into my, my maps app and I would get turn by turn instructions that would take me to my first rest stop. And then the next day I would get up and I would enter in my next stop. And I would again, I would get turn by turn instructions until I reached the destination for that day. And I would do that for three or four days in a row until I made it to New York. And next thing you know, I'm sitting next to my amazing daughter having the best bagel of my life. Right. But if I just sat in my car and just drove, I wouldn't end up in New York. But you I had to have, I would have to have those, those measurable goals, those measurable checkpoints along the way to ensure that my dream of actually arriving in New York became a reality, right? I made made measurable amount of strategic progress, and that took me to New York, right? Measurable amount of strategic progress will get you to your big dream, your big goal, you know, getting your dream home or going on your dream vacation or having that dream body, it all works the same way. Your dreams are useless without the work. And that's where the goals come in. You know, some dreams may take years to accomplish, right? Let's say if you want this, you know, amazing home here in Malibu overlooking the ocean and you're just now getting started in a network marketing business, is that possible to get that home? Absolutely. But is it going to take some time? Absolutely, you just don't have it yet. But what I highly encourage you to do is, if with especially with those big goals, those big kind of life changing dreams, is that you set up momentum building goals. And I know Ed Mylett talks about this as well in his new book, "The Power of One More," and the momentum building goals that you have along the way, those will bring you closer and closer and closer to that ultimate dream. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're just now starting out with your network marketing business. So now you're working for yourself and whether you do it full-time, part-time, what have you, but let's say this is your first time working by yourself on your own. Of course you have your support team, everything else, but you're basically your own boss. So let's say. And you have this big goal to buy that dream home in Malibu. Well, to get to where you are now, to that beautiful home in Malibu, set up your mini momentum building goals. And you do that by, let's say, okay, I'm going to set my alarm clock to get up an hour earlier so I can get a jump on the day and start my business. I have an extra hour in the morning. That's one momentum building goal. Then you can add to that. So now you're getting up an hour earlier and you're doing it. Now you can add to that. Okay, now it's, I'm going to expose five people a day to my products and our opportunity. And now you're doing that. And you can add to that 10 people, 15 people. Then you can add, so you add all these little, measurable amount of strategic progress activities that build upon each other like building blocks and they build you up to your dream home or whatever your big dream is. And this works for any area of your life. You start with a little momentum goal, building goal that gets you to your big goal and what this does along the way it gives you that sense of accomplishment because you're const- and you, so you're constantly feeding your subconscious mind of okay I'm I'm doing the right activity I'm heading in the right direction this is really working I'm really going to hit that I'm really doing it versus if you just, you're here where you are now and then your big dream home is all the way over there and there, and you don't have any positivity. You don't have any uh, positive reinforcement between now and then. Chances of you hitting that big dream are slim to none. You have to have that that positive reinforcement all along the way to keep you going. All right, number ten. I hope you guys are really getting us, and don't worry about taking notes. I have a whole slide deck and show notes and all of that that are available on on the website. And I'll put all the the link information here in the show. Mm -hmm. All right. Number 10, you think that other successful people got there by luck. Now, this one, I didn't really suffer from that much to be honest, but I know a lot of people who do, and most people who are addicted to failure are jealous of people who have what it is that they would like to have. I mean, for me as an example where I, I kind of, um, suffered from this one is if I saw what I thought was a, a perfect family, you know, look like the husband and wife were just absolutely made for each other and the whole family got along amazingly well and, you know, they had dinners together and, you know, all of that stuff. And I obviously, I didn't have that in my, in my marriage. So, so I didn't think that they got there by luck, but there was a little bit of jealousy in there for sure. But, you know, they, they People who are addicted to failure, they kind of think that you know the successful family or career or social life is because they were they were lucky. You know they were born into the right family. They were in the right place at the right time. They didn't have to have any of the struggles that you had to have. And you know if they did, then they wouldn't have the type of success that they have, you know so on and so on. Well, luck for successful minded people and successful minded people, that's what we have to be successful minded before we actually hit that success. You can't, you don't just snap into success. You have to be successfully minded first. So for the successfully minded people, luck is actually an acronym and it's laboring under correct knowledge, laboring under correct knowledge. And this you repeat, you do it over and over and over and over again until this comes true. Mark Hughes, the Uh, late, great Mark Hughes, founder of Herbalife, he would always say, the harder you work, the luckier you get. That means that the more effort you put into reaching your dreams and achieving your goals, the luckier you get. So the more labor under correct knowledge you do, the luckier you're going to get, right? So, you know, if you you want more, you have to become more. You've all, all heard probably, you know, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And Jim Rohn is famous for saying, for things to change, you have to change. For things to get better, you have to get better. And that all ties back into the entertain versus educate, right? So you have to get better. You know, We make our own luck in this world. And I guess the exception, maybe, would be winning the lottery. But even winning the lottery, you still have to go out and buy that ticket, right? So just to recap here, the, the 10 signs. Number one, addicted to the approval of other people or snoipes. Two, entertaining yourself versus educating yourself. Three, blaming other people and things for your circumstances. number four, afraid of making mistakes. Five, staying in relationships that are not working six, addicted to drama, seven, you're spending your time with people who are not going anywhere, number eight, you are careless with money, number nine, you have dreams but no set goals, number 10, you think other successful people got there by luck. So my friend, in closing, if you can relate or identify to Any of these 10 signs or all of them, maybe I encourage you to take a strong look at yourself and adjust your course. Life is not too short. And, you know, we have to give it our all, my friend. We only have this one life. You know, Tony Robbins talks about the rocking chair test and that is picture how your life is going today. And let's say you don't change a thing, you keep doing what you're doing, you have the the same daily method of operation, so you're doing the same thing day in, day out. Next thing you know, now you're 90 years old. You're sitting on your porch in a rocking chair, rocking back and forth, back and forth, reflecting on your life. And picture yourself doing that, looking back on your life, would you be thrilled with how your life turned out if you keep on your current path. If it's a yes, then my gosh, congratulations, that is awesome. But if it's a no, then let's put into work some of these things and turn that into a hell yes, right? We can do it, you guys. And let me leave you with this. This is a great quote by Stanley Tucci. I thought it was from the robots movie, but it's not. It's from Stanley Tucci. (laughs) It says, a dream that you don't fight for can haunt you for the rest of your life. My friend, thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I will see you next Thursday. Well, high five, my friend, and let's pop that champagne because we just finished another episode of the Single Parent Superpower Podcast together, and I hope this episode left you feeling inspired and empowered. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt you can do this. I'd love to hear what other topics you'd like for me to dive into, so do me a favor, head on over to www.spspcommunity.com forward slash podcast, and let me know in the comments where you're struggling where I can help. And while you're there, feel free to click the link on that page to get your free gift. And it's the ultimate home business success guide for single parents. And this is where you'll get the seven insider tips to build the business you want so you can live the life that you deserve. And it's free. So go ahead and make sure you rate and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single episode. And until next time, my friend, this is Samantha Gamble, and I can't wait to connect with you in Inside the comment section on spspcommunity.com forward slash podcast.